What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, got a uh, lot to get to on today's show, all revolving around the ever-turning coaching carousel. A lot of movement this summer, and uh, just when you think things are about to slow down on the head coaching front, especially, it ramps up once again. We'll get into all of that on today's episode of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. As always, you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast, you can also watch on YouTube as well. Now, the most notable move to have taken place over the past couple of weeks here is Manhattan's John Odon taken over as Syracuse's defensive coordinator. So we have Syracuse plucking a head coach from a lower level Division One program and tabbing them as their D.C., replacing uh, Dave Petromala, who uh, we talked about uh, back at the beginning of the month, I believe it was, uh, or late June actually probably, uh, left uh, Syracuse for the same job at North Carolina. Um, first and foremost, when you look at this coaching search when you look at this um, this hire. It appears to me, it appears to many others, Syracuse got the guy. Um, got who they were after. He emerged as the prime target for the past couple weeks or so. Um, and Syracuse got him. And, and Syracuse plucks him away from a head coaching job to be the DC there at Syracuse. Um, you know, this is a, a coach here, John O'Donnell, who um, very well respected in the coaching community, uh, cut his teeth there at, at Manhattan uh, as an assistant coach, and has really uh, helped to grow that program and really bring a lot of respect to that program, uh, both when he was an assistant under Drew Kelleher and uh, continued that this past season as the head coach, a first-time head coach, in 2023, uh, where he took Manhattan to a uh, MAC playoff uh, berth once again. Uh, they went 10 and 5 overall, 7 and 2 in MAC play. They lost 11 to 8 in the MAC semifinals to uh, a really good Siena team there. Um, and when you look at Manhattan, some of the and its improvement um, over the years. Obviously, there's the outsized factors of it, and O'Don and, and that staff, you know, lived through a lot of changes and helped make a lot of changes there, um, and, and to get that better support, to get that program to where it needed to be, uh, because they had not had a winning season in quite some time until 2022. I think it was 2014, maybe even longer uh, than that. They had had a, had a winning season, winning full season until 2022, um, and, and really have elevated the play at that program. Uh, and defense, even when they had 
some of the rough years early on in the Kelleher days. Uh, John O'Donnell, as the defensive coordinator, was leading some really good defenses, and, and they had a great defense this past season as well. The number one scoring defense in college lacrosse. Uh, they allowed an average of eight goals per game. The Jaspers also had the number four man-down unit in college across, coming up successful 75% of the time in such situations. O'Donnell being the defensive coordinator prior, uh, the architect, uh, much of that defense, not just this past season, but over the years and, and the success that Manhattan has had defensively. So uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, from kind of a, um, a resume standpoint, when you look at you know what he's done, uh, a really good hire here for for Syracuse, um, and you know it looks like it's going to work out. Um, when you look at Syracuse and, and what they need there, I think getting a guy like Odon, who is not only respected but has proven uh, has a proven track record of success, um, maybe not at the ACC level, maybe not at the uh, the big-time level in college across in Division One, per se, Big Ten ACC, uh, but has done it at a place like Manhattan where it is tough to do it, and he's had success there. Um, you know, you own your respect that way, and, and, and he's been a great coach there at Manhattan as an assistant, as the head coach for a year. Again, as I said, is well-respected in the coaching community, Syracuse got a guy that they wanted to lead their defense, and uh, he takes over a defense that has struggled uh, the past couple of years, but a defense that I would say uh, probably has a, has more promise maybe than some people want to uh, give it. Has more promise than some people might want to uh, perceive it, um, might want to perceive or, or say it has. Uh, when you look at this defense and what it did last year, O'Donnell takes over a defense that uh, allowed 12.13 goals per game. Uh, that was 44th best in Division One. Syracuse was a middle-of-the-road at best defensive team last year. They did improve from the year prior, certainly. Uh, Will Mark, obviously, a, a big part of that in cage. Um, but you look at this uh, defense, and overall, it's, it's a bit of a younger core. And even coming back, right, Caden Cole, and Nick Comico were full-time starters at close as sophomores. Uh, freshman Billy Dwan really turned heads down the stretch. He started, I think it was the final seven or eight games of the season. He had played periodically throughout the year and, and really uh, took strides late in the year there. When Syracuse, uh, late in the season, you did see them get better, right? After that spring break, uh, you know, really after the spring break, they, they, they you know, which was what, mid-March, mid-early March, you see Syracuse get better after that, right? Um, they beat North Carolina. They beat Princeton, um, which I know, based on maybe the expectations of those teams, based on what they had done, uh, North Carolina 2021, but Princeton the year prior, maybe didn't seem as big as they could have or should have. Um, but big wins for Syracuse nonetheless. And a team that really turned the corner late in the season. And same thing with that defense. Um, and you look at the younger guys on that defense and what they did last season, whether they were starters, whether they were guys in the rotation. There's plenty of talent on that back end. And it'll be interesting to see 
what O'Donnell does there um, as the defensive coordinator at Syracuse in 2024. Um, now, turning this the, the the other way, certainly it's, I think, a good hire here for, for Syracuse. Turning it to Manhattan, and kind of where does Manhattan go? I think that's a big question mark. Um, you had Drew Kelleher. He left for UMass Lowell. And then you had John O'Donnell, who you tabbed as your next head coach. You elevated him from defensive coordinator to head coach. He is now gone and is taking the defensive coordinator job at Syracuse. Um, you know, moving from lower-level Division One head coach to assistant coach or to ACC or Big Ten, whatever, assistant coach, isn't a isn't a unknown move. It's not a uh, move in lacrosse and college lacrosse that is unseen or unheard of. We, we've seen it multiple times. Um, it does make sense in many cases financially to do that. I'm not exactly sure what the case was here um, in this one. Uh, but it has happened once again, and and again, not a a giant surprise, and certainly not a shock. If you have been uh, following this search and uh, for the Syracuse DC and knowing who they were kind of keying in on um, over the past couple of weeks, as I said, o O'Don was the guy, and looks like Syracuse got him. Manhattan, I, I think the the one thing I'll say about the Manhattan job is. I think it's a lot more attractive now than it was even three years ago. Um, if you were sitting in 2020 or uh, 2019, th this job might not have looked as, a, as attractive as it does today. And a, a big part of that goes to uh, not only John O'Donnell, but, but Drew Callahan and what they did there. I mean, you go back to, let's go back to 2019, 2019 here. Um, Manhattan goes 6-8 and eight during that season. They were 2-5 and five in conference play. They uh, missed the postseason uh, completely. They hadn't made the postseason since, like, 2004 until they made it in 2021. Um, they went 4-10 in 2018, and they went 3-11 in 2017. They went... Three and twelve, and twenty sixteen. Like this is a a program that was for a long time, a very long time, a doormat of not only just the MAC but of college across in general. Uh, this is a program that is no longer the doormat. Uh, they are a winning program, and a blueprint has been shown as to how you can win there and how you can do it consistently. Now, you might step back and say, well, 21, 22, 23, that's, that's a three-year stretch of really good lacrosse. Is that necessarily the consistency that you need to say, this is a job, if you're a young assistant coach or whomever they want to go after, is that enough to say, okay, this is the job I'm going to jump at, this is the head coaching opportunity I'm going to go for, because I see consistency. No, I, I can understand that. Three years is not consistency per se in the long stretch like you see with some of these other mid-majors, right? But those jobs aren't coming open. Those jobs are not coming open. ACC's, Big Ten's aren't coming open. 
um, jobs like Manhattan, jobs of that caliber, that lower Division One level, come open all the time. Those are the ones that come open the most, right? Out of all of them, right? You don't see many ACCs, Big Tens come open. Uh, maybe once, once in a blue moon, it seems like, right? Um, that, that an ACC, a Big Ten, even a Big East comes open. Ivy League, uh, maybe a bit more, a bit more numerous. Um, and one of the big things with the Ivy League is, can you keep your coach? Um, you know, similar thing, but different um, circumstances. Oftentimes, most of the time, in lower level D one, Manhattan, for sure, is a better job now than it was two, three years ago. There is a there is a structure in place there. There are um, facility upgrades. There's a lot of things been done there. There's an investment in lacrosse at Manhattan now that has not been there before. This is a place where look and and and, and you look at the uh, talk about the defense. Like they've they've got a they have had a really good defense and that they've continued to have it right. Um, and like look, they lose some big pieces. Um, from last season, uh, Tiger Reardon was one of the top players. He was a grad guy as well as Christian Clifford. Um, Kyle Guaca was a senior um, last season as well. I'm not sure about if he's coming back or not, but you've got um, a, a, just a, a litany of guys who uh, will be coming back. For this team in 2024, Michael Schraffler was was a freshman. Uh, Joseph Prosesco was the goalie, obviously, as a, a grad student. Um, Matthew Krebs was there before, a fantastic goalie. Um, so you've got a bit of a mixture, right, of players returning, players going, uh, but you do have a lot, a, a, a decent amount back to have a good team again next year. At Manhattan, and you do have what seems to be a good culture there, a good buy-in from the administrative side, from the players. We want to win, uh, so whoever they hire, um, you are stepping into a job that is ten to fifteen times better than it was a decade ago, and uh, that is that is true. That is true. Um, what was it eight years ago when Drew Kelleher got there? Um, it was a, a doormat. He spent seven years there. O'Donnell spent one year there. And those two guys together built up Manhattan Cross to be what it is now and to be a threat in the map and to be a place where you can win a championship. You can go to the NCAA tournament. And you can have successful seasons back to back to back. Will that always be the case? I don't know. But it's a place where you can do that now. And that was not something you could say about Manhattan five, six, seven years ago. And so certainly it is a better job now than it probably has ever been. Um, who they will go after, who they will, what kind of coach they'll work for, I don't know. Uh, but certainly it's in a better spot now than it was a number of years ago when O'Don and uh, Kelleher got there.
moving on with the coaching carousel here, uh, do want to hit on some assistant coaching hires um, that have happened. Um, so uh, we mentioned this a little bit uh, earlier on this earlier this month, um, but it's official now. It's been announced. Sean Cohen is uh, has announced his. Inaugural staff there at Dartmouth, Mikey Herring will be the offensive coordinator. Matt Witcher will be the defensive coordinator. Herring comes to Hanover after one season at UMBC at the uh, same position. He was also the OC at VMI for, I think, one or two years he was in that position. He was also a volunteer there as well to start with. Um, when Yeah, so it was 2020 when Papua got there. So, yeah, he was there 2020, 21, 22. So, he spent three years there at VMI as a full-time assistant, I believe it was, uh, as DOC, um, and then at UMBC for a year. And uh, what an offense that was you know, pretty decent last season. Uh, they're 36th overall, pretty middle of the road. Offensive efficiency-wise, 11.85 goals per game. Again, kind of middle of the road, but pretty good. Uh, they led the America East in team shooting percentage, 28%, um, and, and pretty good within the conference, one of the best offenses in that league last season. Hailing now the offensive coordinator at Dartmouth, uh, Matt Witcher, who you might know from the PLL Water Dogs, great short stick defensive midfielder, played at York College Division Three program in Pennsylvania. Strong D3 program has become under uh, Jason Childs. Witcher, an alum there, has been the D.C. there for uh, the past five years, I believe it is, uh, th that he's been there, has had really good defenses at York every year there. Uh, he's coached, I think it's 11, 12, 13 uh, All-Americans there at York. Uh, they had a nine, they allowed 9.3 goals per game uh, this past season. Uh, pretty, pretty good, you know, top-end defense there in Division Three, uh, a, a strong track record there as a defensive coordinator at York. He now comes to Dartmouth as well. Uh, they come and, and join a staff that is taking over this Dartmouth program. We've talked about coming off that strong 2023 season, six and six, one and five in the Ivy League, broke the Ivy League losing streak, and and did all of that. First 500-win season in a full season since 2008. Lots to like about these hires. Lots to like about Dartmouth, I think, moving forward. Uh, so those uh, hires have become official, uh, announced earlier this week. We've also got an official announcement here. And I, I believe we may have not mentioned this on the last podcast. We may have. I, I cannot remember if we did or not. Uh, but Will Corgan taking over as the OC at Air Force. You know, John Thompson left Air Force, took over that job at the same job as the OC at North Carolina, uh, replacing Dave Metzbauer, who's now at Denver. Um, which we I know we talked about that on the on the on the last podcast. Um, Will Corgan now going from Harvard, where he coached under Jerry Byrne, uh, to Air Force, where he will. Uh, be uh, the offensive coordinator. Um, 
He's been at Hollywood for three seasons, four years technically, though, as an assistant coach uh, there at Hollywood. Uh, he served as an assistant offensive coordinator and face-off coordinator for the Crimson. Um, he also was a uh, the uh, he was the uh, the what do you want to call this the um, the the mastermind the you know the designer whatever you want to say of the Hollywood ride, which has been pretty dang good the past couple of seasons. Uh, they held their opponents to a clearing success rate, 78.9% in 2023, 77.9% in 2022. You want to be, I would say, you want to be 85% or above in clearing the ball. If you're holding your opponents to 80% or below, that's pretty good. At least in my mind, they've been one of the... Uh, Hollywood's been one of the top five, ten riding teams in the country the past couple of seasons, and Will Corgan, a big part of that. He takes over an offense at Air Force. He was the assistant offensive coordinator at Hollywood, now going to be the full-time offensive coordinator at Air Force, takes over a offense that returns three of its top scorers from a year ago, Aiden Tolan, Wes Peen, Josh Yago. They also got Luke Vosanke back, who I'm a big fan of, and I think is going to have a pretty, or could potentially have a pretty big sophomore season here in 2024 for the Falcons. They averaged 12 goals per game last season, and, and, and Air Force under John Thompson, an offense that consistently improved. Every single year he was there, they improved their you know, goals per game average, their shooting percentage, everything. Improved every single year, so uh, he's taken over an offense that is in in pretty good shape right now. They do lose Brandon Dodd, they do lose Ethan uh, Grandolfo, but uh, do have those three guys back, three of the top scores back from last season, or three of the top five scores, I should say, back from last season. Obviously, Dodd, Grandolfo, Dodd especially the ASUN Player of the Year, a, a big loss there for. Falcons as he graduates. Now, I'm going to end this podcast here. Still continuing on the coaching carousel, but diving into a bit of a uh, a newer trend here in college cross that we're going to see not only this summer, but also next summer as well, probably, um, with third assistance. So uh, the NCAA, if you remember, changed the rules. We've talked about this a bit on the podcast before. They changed the rules. You now don't have to have just two assistants, and then your other coaches are volunteer. You can have three assistants. So a lot of programs adding that third assistant. Army, Penn State, Delaware, three of the most notable programs to add third assistants here over the past couple of weeks. Army has added Rick Lewis as their uh, third assistant. He returns to West Point. He was there as the volunteer assistant. 2019-2020, was then a assistant coach at Ohio State, his alma mater, uh, from 20, fall of 2020 through this past spring. He's headed back to West Point um, there to be the uh, Black Knights' third assistant. Penn State has brought on Andy Myers to be their third assistant. He comes from the Division Three ranks at Christopher Newport. Helped lead that Cavaliers face-off unit last season that was pretty dang good. 62.8% in 
uh, win percentage uh, under his tutelage last season as a team. One of Cabinus, uh, I believe they pronounced that, uh, one of the top face-off, player, face-off guys in college across last season, uh, each of the past two seasons, I should say, with Christopher Newport at the D3 level, 65%, 66%, and 23-22, and 22, uh, two, oh, me, 22 and 23, 65%, and 22, 66%, and 23. Um, there at CNU, Penn State really struggled at the face-off dot, so we'll see if uh, any Myers can bring any success to that squad in that realm or whatever they have him do um, there as the third assistant in Happy Valley, um, and, uh, and especially Happy Valley after the season they had in 2023. Could have been happier if not for a certain foot in the crease, uh, but that's neither here nor there, and will be reviewed next season. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on this week. We'll do a whole whole video review podcast talking about that. I know we haven't done a ton of podcasts this summer, but we'll get to it. Most definitely. Uh, Delaware, they'll bring him back. Two-time captain Mark Bita as its third assistant. He was on staff as a volunteer assistant at Michigan uh, this past season and he uh the obviously the um the brother of Michigan offensive coordinator Scott Beter who had such success with uh the Michigan offense this past season uh, as Michigan had its best season in program history. Looking around here real quick, just make sure that is all that we've got on today's show. And yep, that is, yeah, that is all that we've got for today. Uh, Coaching Carousel News continues to go. We'll probably have some more before we record the next episode. Plan on doing so. Uh, Plan on getting that out on Tuesday of next week, and as I said, will include the uh, my, my full reaction to the video review rule by the NCAA that has been approved um, over the past, what was it last week, I believe it was, we got the video review proposal officially approved by the NCAA Rules Committee, so uh, we'll get my full reaction to that. Haven't been able to record in um in a couple weeks so uh we'll get that on the next podcast but wanted to get all these coaching carousel moves here in today's show and as always you can listen to the lacrosse bucket podcast on apple podcast spotify google podcast and wherever you get your podcast you can also watch on youtube as well wherever you listen or watch hit the like button hit the subscribe button where you can and leave the five star review if you can as well. All of those ways help to grow the show. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.